crappy books of church giving. Your crappy ones? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay. We'll have to decide if this is a podcast where we can say crappy or not. Okay. Hello, welcome to the In the Fields podcast, a brand new podcast from St. Martin's in the Fields Episcopal Church in Columbia, South Carolina. In the Fields is a podcast where you'll find St. Martin's out and about in the world, wondering about questions of the Bible and faith together, and maybe eventually even some sermons too. It'll be a grab bag of a whole variety of things, whatever we're interested in talking about at the moment, and wherever we might be finding God out there in the fields. Well, Caitlin, it's stewardship season at St. Martin's in the Fields. It um, is. I turned in my pledge today. Did you? Mm-hmm. How much? I'm not saying that on the podcast. <laughs> So there's a funny thing that happens with stewardship, everybody. And I I didn't mean to put Caitlin on the spot, but I kind of did. And I might put you all on the spot this Sunday. Um, But it is so funny. What is it about your relationship with money that makes it so that you don't want to share that on a podcast? I'm curious. I mean, let me put it this way. I would share what percentage of... Mm-hmm. Of, you know, my income and, and how I've figured out what that percentage is. But there's something so uncomfortable about people being able to reverse engineer the amount of money that you have. Uh, right? Like everybody's very squirrely about how much, how much they make, how much they. Yeah. Right? Which has been like this whole issue with women in the workforce where then you end up with like women being grossly underpaid or in, mm-hmm. in a lot of different fields because we're not talking about it. But right. yeah, there's a whole like don't ask, don't tell about how much you make, what wealth you have. Like, we all keep it quiet, except for when we want to show it off. Except for when we want to show it off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that Which is for, never with church giving. No, it's never with church giving. That's an interesting thing. It's a funny thing. I, and I, it's not just it's not just women. It's not age. It's anything. Um, it's really uncomfortable to talk about money, particularly in terms of how much money. And it's so funny because um, in a single month at church, um, just standing at the back of the church shaking people's hands... I heard that um, one person was having uh, bowel problems and so that they were really sorry that they had to keep leaving, but they were just having terrible diarrhea during church. And so they just had to tell me about that as they were shaking my hand. I learned um, that somebody else was having uh, somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that I might have known that somebody was having a child out of wedlock and they were scandalized. I learned um, uh, uh, a that somebody had a very significant health diagnosis, uh, cancer. Um, somebody was willing to talk to me about their um, their relative who had just died and their feelings that they had with that and asked me to pray for that. But I can only count on, that's just in a month, but I can only count on one hand the times in my life where I've had people in all of my ministry ask me to to pray with them about money. Um, it's just we're willing to talk about uh, explosive diarrhea during church before we're willing to talk about money. I wonder what that's about. I mean, just from my own gut reaction to the idea of it, I would be so terrified to be shamed. Yeah. 
right? That like you show up with like, this is what I think I can reasonably give with, with what we have or what we're doing. And, you know, to, to there's just like this fear of somebody looking you in the eye and saying, well, that's not enough. You're not enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a fear with it. And then I brought in, um, I brought in some of my favorite stewardship books that, that not really, this is not my favorite. Yeah, well, this books. list is a doozy. I'm looking um, across the table at it. But, but these are the the books that people come and talk to me about their financial um, their financial issues with, and, and they say, "Oh, well, I did. Um, I have Dave Ramsey, New York Times bestseller, financial piece um, revisited." Um, uh, I've read Dave. I've watched his show. Um, I think he has a lot of really good points about how to manage your money in 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 the bank account. I really like some of his things about using cash for per- personal finances, so you don't um, end up overspending, overstretching on things like credit cards. I really like his idea of no credit cards as much as possible. Um, but I really, really, really dislike some of his theology, and I certainly hate how quickly he throws around things like, "and if you invest this, you'll make thirteen or fourteen percent." Um, he grossly over-exaggerates uh, how much money you can make per in- uh, 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 um, investment. And, and boy, I wonder if this, can I say this stuff? It's probably going to get me sued one day. Um, but he, Dave, Dave isn't I think we're exactly... far enough down on the ratings okay. list. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take him a while to, to find us. <laughs> Which, us. by the way, like, subscribe, and leave <laughs> us a review so that we go higher on the rating list. Yeah, he's, he's not... He's, <laughs> He's not really accurate with some of his numbers. Let's just put yeah. That way. For a guy who wants you to put all of your cash into envelopes and then like thirteen percent return on investment, something there doesn't quite add something up. Something doesn't add up. Um, I have a Mark Allen Powell's book, um, "The Bible's Good News and Living a Generous Life." I actually like some of this. He's got some good points in here. Um, but again, it's this interesting thing with his book, and then. Um, your, your money or your life, transforming your relationship with money and achieving financial independence. Um, there's a mix between some of these books that we talk about stewardship um, and um, sort of prosperity gospel, which is the idea that if I give more, I'll be blessed more. Um, and reconciling, and, and some people say, if I give more, I will be blessed more and by giving more i will make more which is um i think a heresy and it's the heresy of of joel olstein sorry joel and a few others um that are out there that are popular that the idea that if i give to this television program right now or if i give um a certain amount of my money i'll get that money back and i'll get more i'll get more i'll have i'll want yeah which something that you just mentioned about, I think it was in the title of one of those books, you know, financial independence. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm saying this is somebody that like has a lot of student debt. None of us are financially independent, actually. Like we're all part of a system where we are very dependent on one another. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we're we particularly us in the church we're we feel that in that that, that dependence um, more than a lot of jobs or anybody who works in the non-for-profit sector yeah, um, probably feels that dependence because uh, our income is based on giving. People don't give to the church. That's and We don't get we paid. We don't get paid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so financial independence for a clergy person is, is almost an oxymoron. Um, yeah. We'll never it's be financially. Intrinsically tied to the care you give. 
Yeah, we'll never be financially independent, um, which is an interesting thought. But it goes, all of these books, I think one of the things that all of these books have in common is that they all talk about um, money and relationship, but somewhere in that equation with um, is the idea that if I have more money, I will, of course, be wealthy, and my relationship with money will be um, better. The more money you have, the, the better your relationship with money will be. The more generous you can be, the more generous you can be, the better you can be with God, which, um, quite frankly, is is just another loop around coded language for getting to uh, a prosperity gospel, um, which drives me drives me bananas. So when I, I think I also like to imagine that I'll feel better about the money I have if I have more of it. Me too. And and so far, that's not how that works for me. But maybe I haven't hit that threshold yet. Yeah. And what's amazing to me is that I I have in my ministry known some people who were really, really poor, Mm -hmm. um, who have been amazingly happy and faithful people. And I have known some people who were really, really, really wealthy, who have been amazingly happy and faithful people. Mm -hmm. And I have known some people who were really poor, who were really angry. And some people who were really wealthy, who were also really angry. And so, uh, at least anecdotally and personally through experience, I have to say that the amount rarely had anything to do with the happiness. There was something else going on there. And I wonder if that something else is where people's, uh, where, where, at least from my motivation, um, stewardship comes from and uh you know something else is is you know a sense of gratitude i've known some very wealthy and very poor people who have been extremely gracious extremely grateful for the opportunities that they've had um for the the things that they had and particularly for their relationship with god extremely grateful for um their forgiveness forgiveness of sins, extremely grateful for the little blessings that they have in life um, uh, from seeing a flower bloom to participating in God's creation to being able to help somebody in some way. Um, So when I think about stewardship, I think about gratefulness and I think about giving, as the Bible says, out of our first fruits in gratefulness, uh, gratefulness for all the blessings of this life. It's one of the powerful things about yeah. UTO that I used to love. Well, I was just sitting here thinking about something that I heard in UTO when I used to be on the board. We used to talk about how gratitude at its heart is acknowledging that you've received a gift that you cannot repay, whether it's because that gift was given to you in surprise or it's in greater value in some way than what, but receiving something and that feeling of gratitude is I cannot possibly repay what you have given me. And so here is my thanks in return. Mm-hmm. And that that thanks can itself come with tokens of blessing because there's something innate in us that wants to 
try to give back when we've received. Absolutely. Yeah. Something that. And you don't want to give if you haven't like meditated on what it is you've received. Yeah. And and I will never, I was, so when we talk about growing up in the church, I was formed by my mother who used to, and she still does. And she has a blue box, the UTL blue box. She has it on her dresser. She probably does seven or eight blue boxes a year that she completely fills up with money. But every night she, after she says her prayers, she takes a coin or a dollar bill or something and puts it in the blue box in thanksgiving for her blessings. Um, and I remember watching my mom do this as a little child, four, five, six, seven, eight. I remember um, as an 11 or 12 year old sneaking in and trying to steal some money out of a blue <laughs> box so I could buy candy at the school store because um, I always knew money was there. But uh, um, that one got me in trouble. Yeah, but, I bet. Uh, um, the meditation on those things that you cannot repay, but for which you're grateful and out of which you give is giving in gratuity. And, and watching somebody that you love and admire and look up to like a parent, make those prayers and make those gifts. Like it was has, very formative. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when I think about stewardship, the first thing I think about is giving in, in gratuity, giving in graciousness and gratefulness for all the blessings that we've received. Um, And uh, unlike the prosperity gospel, you do not expect to receive anything back from that kind of giving. You give because it's the right thing to do. You feel gracious, you feel grateful, and you give of yourself an offering. Um, An offering that says, God bless this and do with it as you will. Um, And so that, that kind of giving, I think, is the healthiest, mm-hmm. healthiest kind of giving. Um, second thing that I think of when I think about giving is being in right relationship with my money. And so when I give, part of the reason I give is out of gratefulness, but also because I want to be in right relationship with my money. And the act of consistently giving changes my personal relationship with money. The idea that um, uh, uh, Denise and I, we, we pray over our pledge form, we, we give a pledge to the church, and we seek to, to live into that pledge. Um, we, we seek to live into that, and as we seek to live into that, all the other expenses of life pop up. Yeah. Um, you know, car repairs, hospital bills, um, vet bills. Oh, boy, vet bills. Um you know, all of the things that, that pop up, um, they pop up and they can be, one, extremely scary. And um, sometimes I will say that giving is the first thing that we think about cutting back on mm-hmm. in order to, to reach those bills. And whenever we end up doing that, um I will say that it, 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 it ends up affecting us in the long run as we end up, it, it sends us on a track of thinking about money and then thinking about all of the things that we don't have or that we need. And from a place of, of, of vulnerability and a glimpse into the Smith family life, sometimes that gets really, really scary. Yeah. Um, and it becomes an endless, an endless loophole 
that you find yourself or endless rabbit hole that you find yourself going down because you all of a sudden, once you start getting into that track of, well, we don't have this and we're going to need this and we might need to buy this and we need this, the we need, we need, we need continues and continues and continues. And starts to turning, starts to turn into, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Very quickly. Yeah. And when we are in a place of giving. We've done that with our own budget too. Yeah. And when you're in a place of giving, you're not thinking about enough for yourself. You're thinking about others. And it changes that relationship with that dollar bill that's in your wallet. It changes that relationship with even your first fruits. Um, like giving when you get paid the first pieces of, of, of mm-hmm. your first fruit. It changes your relationship. And we so, we have our giving set up on automatic draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have not had a checkbook in my life. <laughs> I'm a millennial. Yes. Um, but I like very intentionally set it so that the pledge is taken out first and then rent. Mm-hmm. And there was just something in that that like I needed like that that first bit of money doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the community. So it goes out first and then. And then the house can get paid for. But yeah. And when you think about the, the first fruits and giving of the first fruits, it it changes the relationship you have with um, the rest of the money. And it changes mm-hmm. the re- And if you're giving 10 percent, then it changes your relationship with the 90. Um, if you're, you're you're giving a true tithe and it's 10 percent, um, sometimes the relationship with the 90 is, oh, I better be careful. Yeah. This this month's giving hurt. And I've, I've experienced that. Um, it, and then it makes you more aware, more cautious. Um, but it also... It like prioritizes you it, differently. It prioritizes you differently. And what's, what's important, what's really important to my life right now. Um, and so I think that that, that is a, a, a... Anyway, changes your relationship with money. So Denise and I give in part because we try to be in right relationship with God, with right relationship with our church, and right relationship with with all the things that come into our lives. And money is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about being he- healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Well, part of being healthy in mind, body, and spirit is being in right relationship with with all of the the physical things that we encounter whether it's the things that we drink, the things that we eat, the exercise that we do, the exercise that we don't do. <laughs> um, and, and money is one of those things. Being in right relationship with money is an important part of living a healthy life. And the third... And what is it they say that like money problems is one of the biggest breaker-uppers of a marriage? It's one of the leading causes of divorce. Yeah. And a lot of times when I have people who are, 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 are getting... Breaker uppers is a good word. Leave it in there. Yes. And a lot of the times when when I'm doing counseling, as people are thinking about divorce, one of the questions I will will ask the couple is, what are you giving to that you both are passionate about? And often the answer is nothing. Um, For Denise and I, it's always been the church. but in, in New Orleans, it was an organization called Eden House that we supported. That was an organization that that helped women get off the streets um, from being uh, trafficked, from being prostituted. 
and we actively supported Eden House, still do, um, but it is a passion of ours. And so going to that fundraiser every year was was a lot of fun, seeing the people and 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 being a part of that. But writing that check was um, something that we actually looked forward to mm-hmm. every single year because we were so passionate about the the mission and ministry of Eden House. When you look forward to something together, then it bonds you as a couple. Absolutely. And when you're equally passionate about helping something, someone, um, it just, yeah, it builds your relationship. And it builds your relationship from the act of gratefully giving. Mm-hmm. And so um, re- trying to be in right relationship with money is sort of the second reason why I give. And if I were to write a stewardship book, it would be grateful giving. It would be right relationship. And then... Um, the, Coming out in summer of 2025. Oh, gosh, you're going to push me on that one. <laughs> and the, yeah, the third reason why I give is because generosity makes more generosity. Um, I am a believer in abundant love. And when you show love through giving, giving of your time, giving of your talent and giving of your treasure, um, when you show love through giving, it inspires other people to give. And that inspiration is something that is sorely, sorely needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And giving to things outside of yourselves. One of the most effective ad campaigns, and it's the reason why it's been going on um, for the last 10 years. One of the most effective ad campaigns in current sort of money talk is coming up. You guys will get to it. It'll be the December to Remember by Lexus. You all know that one? Or is it Mercedes? I can't remember. But they, they give each other, a, a, the couple gives each other, it's a December to remember, and they, they give each other a beautiful car for Christmas. Um, I, and so I cannot cap- imagine making that kind of financial decision without my spouse. Well, but <laughs> like, what they're capitalizing, honey, I bought a car, surprise. What they're capitalizing on is the emotion of giving, even if you're giving to your own self, mm-hmm. which is... Brilliant. Well done, Lexus. Um, Joy and the surprise and the the bigness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. I mean, good job. But that, again, is playing on emotions. One of the things that I think about with stewardship and with giving and generosity is that imagine, imagine if you were able to capitalize on that, that feeling in giving to the local food bank. Mm-hmm. Um, that we are giving food could be as exciting as 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 giving a car. Um, what kind of generosity would that inspire? Um, ima- imagine um, giving to the church in such a way that you're able to inspire other people to give to the church. Imagine giving to um, just any organization. Um, in a way that inspires others. I think part of that gets to, I mean, the order of things where that thanks belongs, right? So if I were to give you a Lexus, you know, I'm giving it to you and I'm like waiting with bated breath because I can't wait to see your response. Oh, it'd be a big response. And I can't response. wait to receive <laughs> your thank you and to to get that feeling of like, oh yeah, I did I did the good thing and like, look at how cool that thing I was that I did that I did was, mm-hmm. but. Giving to a food bank, giving to 
a church, giving in some of these arenas where it's not expected or appropriate to receive that kind of massive thanks because the thanks shouldn't be coming from who you're giving it to. The thanks is what you are offering out of what you have Mm -hmm. properly ordered. Right? Yeah. Talk more about that. Like when you give a really big gift, right? When you're a little kid and you receive a big gift, mm-hmm. your mom makes you sit down and write a thank you note to grandma oh, yes. for what, what grandma gave you, you know, and grandma's waiting to receive that note. And there's this kind of little exchange that happens and, and this expectation that when you give something really big to somebody, you're waiting for that thanks and response, right? There's blogs upon blogs that I've read recently about how to write thank you notes after a wedding because of this whole exchange, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's a big expectation. Oh, yes. But when you're giving to a church or giving to a food bank or giving, giving in that kind of sphere, mm-hmm. you're not the one who's expecting thanks. You're the one giving thanks back to God in that action. Yeah. Your gift is the thank you note to God. Your gift is the thank you note to God. I like that. Yeah, and it's directed when you're giving outside of yourself, it is directed 100% away from yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where like some charities get really kind of toxic when they'll parade somebody up in front who, you know, gives the big testimony about this gift and how it's completely changed their life and how thankful they are for all of these people who there's something kind of disingenuous in parading that person in front um, Mm -hmm. and, and expecting them to perform that for us so that we can feel good about what we're giving. Yeah. Or we can feel good about their giving and thus feel good. But I, again, I think giving graciously, and generously inspires more generosity. So I think in those charities defenses, sometimes they get stuck in, how do I inspire other gifts by showing like, hey, I have so-and-so who's a big donor. Yeah. And at the church, there's always a wrestling. We have anonymous donors and then we have public donors. And there's always a wrestling of trying to every once in a while get one of those anonymous donors to be like, hey, could you, would you mind saying what gift you gave and, and why you gave it in the hopes that that they might inspire someone else to give. But it, mm-hmm. you're right, it does. If it becomes all about the individual, then then it becomes toxic and becomes about power instead of giving. And that's something that I love about our church campus so much is that plaque in the narthex that says, all the gifts given in this place go to the glory of God, full stop. Yeah. So there's not a single memorial here and when you start to ask around and start to hear the stories, it's oh the amphitheater was given by so and so, and you're re- getting ready to go visit them in the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Or our podcast loft right now is just under the next to the youth loft, which was a Mary Clark gift. Right, but oh. that nothing here has a plaque on it because right because it all, all goes to the glory of God. Go to the glory of God, and um, there's something special about that. There absolutely is something special about that. It, it, there's an equality in that giving. Mm-hmm. Then it's not, oh, that's so-and-so's sign. That's so-and-so's amphitheater. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. belong to us. That Right. Right. And in that, um, yeah, there's just freedom to use it. It really becomes a community's. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just at a church service um, in downtown Columbia in a church with box pews. And um, they had a reserved 
sign on my pew. And um, because I, I, you know, was clergy and part of the service, so they had a reserve sign in, in my box, I guess is what you would say it. And um, the person who usually sat in my box sat just behind me. And when she, they let it be known that I was, I was in their box. Um, mm -hmm. And that I was just holding it for them, I guess, for that service. Um, which was an interesting feeling. But I guess when you pay you for feel that those box, eyes on the back of your head through the whole. That's right. Yeah. I, I was like, I hope I stand up and sit down at the right times. Um, it actually had me nervous going to church. Um, My favorite is some of those old colonial churches like in through Virginia, in Virginia in particular, where like they'll have the pew boxes and on the outside they'll have like Thomas Jefferson. Like mm -hmm. I remember the one in Bruton that has like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson on it for the times that they were yeah. down in those parts. Like they weren't parishioners. They just sat there once. Yeah. And so they got their name on the pew. <laughs> in Alexandria, there's the one with Robert E. Lee, George Washington. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, I actually sat in that pew and slid my body all the way down the whole length of it just to make sure that I hit all the right spots. <laughs> no, but when we give, let's bring this back in. Yeah. When we give out of, out of, out of generosity and the hope to, to inspire more generosity, that generosity brings more generosity into this world, which is a good thing. It sort of brings, at least in my life and my relationship with money, um, it brings things back full circle, back to I give because I'm grateful to God for the blessings of my life. And so um, as I think about stewardship and as I and ask people at St. Martin's to think about stewardship, I ask you just to think about what are you grateful for? Give according to that gratefulness. How can your relationship with money be less? How can your relationship with money be better, healthier? Give in hope of that health. And then how can you um, inspire more generosity? And pick something you're passionate about and give. Um, gratefulness, um, right relationship. And then generosity builds more generosity. Um, those are those are the reasons why I give. Um, I can add practical reasons like what we talked about last week about the formation of my children. Sure, all of that, mm -hmm. all of that's there. Um, you know, the that's just of, the fruits of the giving. No. Those are the fruits of the giving. Yeah. If I look at the roots of why we give, it's because of trying to be in right relationship with God, right relationship with the world around me. And, and with myself, and right relationship with myself and inspiring others to be in right relationship as well. Yeah. And so as I, I think about stewardship and the holy reasons for stewardship, sure, there's the biblical verses. Sure, there's the you'll give of the first fruits or it is harder for a rich man to get to heaven than through the eye of a needle. But all things are possible to God or any of the other stewardship Bible verses that are put out there. For me, it's, it's more spiritual than that. And it fits mm -hmm. into those things. And so this is not really a pledge pitch, although if you want to pledge to St. Martin's, please do. Um, but it, I hope it's just an insight into why why I give, um, why Denise and I give, and uh, um, why we seek, seek to give and, and give generously of ourselves. Um, it definitely changes 
it changed my prayer life as well. Giving did? Yeah. Tell and me how. I, it, I think it all kind of comes and centers on... All right, so my favorite Bible verse growing up was First um, Peter 5, 7, cast all anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that a lot of my anxiety comes around money. And so going through the spiritual practice of giving you know, ordered me to better give up that anxiety in, in my spirit and better hand that over to God and better surrender myself to, to God in all of the various aspects of my life. I'm not... I'm trying not to hold any piece of it back as though God can't see it or that I'm too ashamed for God to see whatever corner it is. So it's continually kind of opening up those doors, opening up those windows into myself so that the love of God can hit all of these different areas. And, you know, the the care of God who cares about those places where I'm anxious or shameful or whatever it might be. Yeah, ask God into the into blessing every aspect of our lives. And there's a neat the concluding collect for the prayers of the people, for those things that we ask and those things we dare not ask. Yeah, yeah. And money is sometimes in that list of of those things that we dare not ask. We dare not ask God's blessing on our money, um, which may be more about our sinfulness with money than our blessing with it. Um, I'm not sure, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's just not something you ever think you can pray for. It's really easy to say, Hey God, I'm sick. Heal me. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder to say, Hey God, you know, I have this weird relationship with my finances. Heal me. Mm -hmm. Or my weird. And, and, but I would say that that prayer is as important and as effectual as dear God, I have this weird relationship in my life with food or alcohol yeah or drugs or with a family member that i can't i just can't reconcile with um all of those prayers are important and god in my opinion longs for those prayers wants us to surrender surrender those prayers to 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 him and so um yeah why we give. Why we give. So, thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Mitch. We managed to talk about exploding diarrhea and stewardship in the same podcast. I was going to ask if you wanted me to, to mark that one out, <laughs> ah, but nope. we're leaving it in now. Now it's got to stay. So, I hope that, that people enjoyed this and enjoyed some of the thoughts this may have provoked. We'll see you again next week. Yay. This is a podcast of St. Martin's in the Fields in Columbia, South Carolina. Pay us a visit here on campus, come worship with us on Sundays, or visit us online at smifsc.com. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your podcast channels, and leave a comment. Let us know if you like this episode, if you like this format. We want to hear from you. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.